We started this series, Acts, 12 weeks ago, talking about charades. And we talked about how you can get messages from people's actions. And we've looked at the whole book of Acts, and we would held up the early church, and we've investigated it, looking for the secret sauce of how it was so laser-focused and effective at accomplishing their mission. And we've seen over these last weeks that they loved Jesus, and they waited on the Holy Spirit, and they went empowered by the Holy Spirit. They had genuine encounters with Jesus that changed them. (laughs) That's crazy. I'm hearing myself speak. That's great. (laughs) You ever like hate your voice when you hear it on like videos? Yeah, that's how I am 100%. (laughs) I don't sound like that. But they all participated and they kept going even when opposition came, whether from outside the church or inside the church. This early church had hard conversations, and they cared about people outside the walls, and they took the gospel to them. And they were in, uh, together in unity, in one accord. They didn't make it all about them. And when they walked in and they gathered together in the church, they didn't think about all their uh, baggage and all their uh, hurts from someone that did something in the past, but they thought about each other. They didn't let themselves get apathetic. They kept their eyes on Jesus, on the gospel and what he did for us. And then they took all these things and they acted it out for the community to see. And when people see Jesus, they want in. And that's our problem. Too many times we put all this stuff before the beauty of the gospel and all these hurdles for someone to be able to get to Jesus. But when we live out the gospel and when we take it into the community and we act out the message that Jesus Christ loves every single person and that they're lost and hopeless in their sin, but God gave us Hope When someone sees that and it's unadulterated and untainted by our desires and our selfishness, when someone sees Jesus, they want in. This letter is written by Luke as a follow-up of the biography of the life of Christ that we call the Gospel of Luke. And what that's telling us is this is a picture of what we're supposed to do after looking at the life of Christ. That's what Acts is. We're supposed to go, love God, love people, and go. God wants his grace to flood out into the world. And for whatever strange reason, we are the method that God chose to do that. You. Acts 1.8 tells us right there at the beginning, you will receive power. You're a follower of Jesus. You're someone that has accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. This is you. You will receive power. When? How? My own power? No. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. 
What does a witness mean? It's someone that gives a testimony, someone that says, this is what happened. This is what Christ has done for me. You will receive the Holy Spirit. You will receive that power, and then you will be my witnesses. Where? Inside a building? No, in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And if you are in this room and you're a follower of Jesus, you don't need all this seminary training and PhDs before you can take the message and act it out. It is the mission that you have been given. You're either doing it or you're disobeying God. So how are you doing it? Are you leveraging your relationships to talk about Jesus? Are you meeting new people and talking about Jesus? Are you a functioning member of the New Testament church? This is your purpose. And if you sit here and you're sour and you're stagnant and you haven't done much, you're not going to be fulfilling your purpose that God has given you. You will not be happy. You will be bitter. You will criticize other people if you're not doing this because this is what you were made to do. And this is God's story. And we get to be in it. And we get to play a part if we choose not to fall asleep and to allow our hearts to grow cold and stony. God is uh, waiting for you to wake up so that he can use you. And look, it's probably not going to be what you want to do. Like 99% of the time, everyone's like, this isn't what I thought God would want me to do, but this is where I'm at. That's 100% my story. I know when I tell people this, they think I'm lying. I don't like being in front of people. I don't like being in stages. You can ask my parents. I was pretty shy when I was a kid. But God kept saying, do this next thing. And I'd say, God, I don't want to do that, but okay. And that's God's story for you too. And when you allow God to use you, he's going to do way more than you can do on your own. And God knows you better than you know yourself. So when he calls you to do something, it might not be what you want to do. But God can do it through you. And that's what he wants to do. He uses our weakness so that he can show how strong he is. Acts 2.38. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is our mission as a church to push the gospel into every corner of Harrison County, into the schools, into the workplaces, into the neighborhoods. And it'll be hard, and it'll be messy. Opposition will come from the outside of the church. Opposition will come from the inside of the church. But if we go empowered by the Holy Spirit, the gospel will not be stopped. Acts 4.12 says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's all about Jesus, 100%. It's not about our uh, polish. It's not about our methods. It's not about the way that we do things or the schedule that we keep. It is about Jesus. 
And if we live out an authentic life that is a picture of the gospel, we're not talking about walking around like the Pharisees, like we've got everything together and looking down on everybody that's a quote-unquote sinner. No, we're living an authentic life that says, I struggle too, and I know you struggle. Let's struggle together because Jesus has something for us. Searching for people. And when we live out that authentic Christian life, not looking down on others, but causing them to look up, because that is where their answers are. When we do that, people will be drawn to that. And God also wants us to do our part pushing out the gospel to the ends of the earth through supporting missions and maybe even going ourselves. See, God was doing something fresh and new in the book of Acts, and that's still how God works today. And if things are stuffy and stale and stagnant, something is wrong. It's not the gospel that's the problem. It's not Christ. It's not the message. It's us. See, we are a continuation of these thriving and vibrant churches in Acts, and it's your calling to live this out as a church. People being saved and baptized and discipled and sent should be a common occurrence here, but it only happens when you join in to the story. So how do we do this? We follow what they did. We devote ourselves to God's word. We live in real, genuine community, deep community, not shallow community. We devote ourselves to God's word and we live in community together with other believers and we pray together. Acts 4, or excuse me, 242 gives us the blueprint on how we should go. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Today, we're going to follow this blueprint. We've been challenging you to stay after and to come before and to get to know each other better so that you might be authentic. And we're praying that you're renewing your personal commitment to the study of God's word, just like the Bereans did that we saw in the book of Acts. And starting today, we're going to make an effort to pray together as a church. So I'm going to stop talking here in a second. We're going to play some music with no distractions. And then I'm going to say a dirty word in the church. You ready? That church is, uh, that word is move. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be uncomfortable at all. I don't want to have to talk to somebody that I don't know. I don't want to move. I'm just supposed to stand here and be quiet. But I'm going to ask you to move and to pray together for the remainder of the service. I know that might be uncomfortable for many of you, but the point is not to do something that's different. The point is to do what they did to be the church that God has called us to be. And that means you're going to physically have to move, right? 
not just metaphorically. That means you're going to have to stand up here in a second and find some people to pray with and pray. If you're a visitor here for the first time, our goal is not to make you feel uncomfortable, but to practice this example that we have been given. This is going to feel awkward, but it shouldn't be awkward. We're going to devote ourselves to God's word and each other and to prayer. So here in just a second, grab a few people around you. Maybe come to the altar to pray. Find a place in an aisle. Turn around in your pew and uh, pray with the people behind you. Get in groups of three or five. Two or three people volunteer to lead in prayer and take your time. If you've been in church most of your life, don't try and use that excuse that you don't know how to pray out loud. Yes, you do. No one's judging you. doesn't have to be elegant, just sincere. You're not praying to that group. You're praying to God. If you're a visitor and, and you just want to pray with the people that uh, you came with, that's okay too. But right now, let's take some real time. Don't just pray for 30 seconds and then talk about sports. I know your tricks. Now slow down. Go around and ask if anyone uh, knows someone who needs Christ or if anyone has some burdens that they would like to share. Or maybe they even say, uh, you know, I, uh, I have something going on in my life, but it, it, I don't want to say it, but please pray for me. That's okay too. We want to pray together in one accord that God might use this church to spread the gospel throughout Harrison County and that people will be saved and baptized and discipled and sent and that you would be empowered to go with the Holy Spirit and to find where God's already working and step into it. And maybe you need to start with confessing some sins or your apathy or coldness. Or maybe you want to start off with just praising God uh, for all that he's done for you. And after this time, we're going to come together and we're going to take communion as a family. I want to be the church that God wants us to be so bad. I think you do too. Let's ask him to do it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. We're going to hit that music. I'm going to ask you to, to move.